like everybody used to think that oh dj is money motivated it's like no he's actually not he's freedom motivated he's a result uh, orientated he's goal motivated like he likes challenges and when if i made a hundred million dollars you know what i would still work as hard as i did before my first million dollars because it's not the money it's nice. that love of the game it's the it's the it's the kill love the kill of the deal it's the action it's the it's the hustle it's the grind you know when you stop growing you die it's that whole like i like people are like when we retire i'm like i don't know if i'll ever retire yeah that's because then my, brain, then my brain goes to mush right i see like to me that when you retire that's like the next floor of before you know heaven or death or whatever right so it's like mm -hmm. i'll always keep my mind fresh i'll always do business deals i'll always be doing something now i may not do a zoom every week i may not show up every day but i'm still going to be building my companies and my businesses and doing what I'm doing because you know you can't forget where you came from you got to go to the top of the mountain go look at the view enjoy the moment and then go tell people how great the view is and get as many people up there as you possibly can good morning good afternoon and good evening my name is Jake and you are listening to the success shift a show where perfection does not exist but learning and growth take center stage have you ever felt stuck? Like you're doing all the work but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Success Shift. We're here with another interview and I am pretty stoked to have this guest with me today. Um, talk about experience. This man has 27 years of experience in business and he is an absolute network marketing beast. He has become the top 1% earner in six or seven of the companies he has joined within network marketing. And he works closely with now Ray Higdon. So anyone in the network marketing has probably heard his name before. Um, very successful man. He has owned multiple businesses, including online businesses and traditional businesses. Uh, he's got his current Corpe Diem partners and is about to launch a brand new company within the next couple of days or however long. It may even be out by the time this podcast goes to air. Name still to be confirmed. We're not too sure. Maybe we'll get the scoop on that uh, in this episode. We'll see. <laughs> also a co-author of the book Momentum Matters. And the first time I spoke to this gentleman, you could just tell he's beaming with energy. He's full of um, great vibes and I'm very stoked to have him here. So Mr. DJ Barton, thank you for joining me. How are you today? Jake, thanks for having me, my friend. I am doing amazing and uh, I'm honored and humbled to be here with you, man. It's, it's a great time for us to uh, impact some people that are listening to this podcast today. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's get straight into it. The way I want to start, I like to start these is most people look at people like yourself or, you know, these seven figure traders that are often on this um, show and they're like, okay, I want to be there. Like this is kind of the end goal. But Little do they realize that every single person who does that journey really is 
just like everyone else. They're all humans. They've all gone through their battles. So let's start from little DJ. What was it like for you growing up? Were you always going into business? Um, I know you started straight out the gate at 18. Tell us a little bit about young DJ and, and your story there. Yeah, so I appreciate that. There's there's two young DJs. I'll go back to the beginning real quickly and fast forward to the the other part. But um, you know, I had I had everything going for me uh, at a very young age. You know, loving parents, sister, perfect. You know, white picket fence situation. Mm-hmm. Woke up smiling and happy every day, and literally, uh, literally uh, a month before my eighth birthday, I lost my father. So. You know, I lost him in a tragic accident. And so I went from being the happiest go lucky kid to probably one of the saddest kids. He was my idol. He was my ride or die. He was my hero. Right. And um, so life life changed real quickly for us. And so not only did it change quickly for me, but it also changed quickly for my mom. Mm -hmm. And so she had to pick up the pieces for my sister and I and we had to figure life out. And, you know, my mom, uh, you know, of course, just like any other mom would get, try to find us another dad, a role model replacement. Yeah. And, and all she found was some duds along the way. <laughs> and uh, so, so, so we struggled a bit, uh, but it, you know, what doesn't break you just makes you stronger. And we, you know, and, you know, the thing about it was real quickly is that, you know, my dad was the kind of guy that, uh, you know, with the life of the party, super successful business owner, entrepreneur, he lit up a room. Everybody knew when he walked in, he had that Midas touch back then. And yeah. so it was definitely a shocker for us. And, you know, uh, one lesson out of that, you know, a lot of people could spiral out of control mm-hmm. in those situations, right? And I use that as motivation. You mentioned the company name of mine, Carpe Diem Partners. I actually, that was born from that accident. Oh, wow. So, you know, it, you know, fast forward to when I was 18, Carpe Diem means seize the day, mm-hmm. you know, squeeze the juice, live every day like it's your last. And that's how I came up with that name for my first company at the age of 18 was the tragedy from when my father passed away. And wow, so, awesome. you know. Yeah, it was cool, man. And so, you know, I I struggled through high school. Fast forward at the age of 18, we had to make a decision. What do I want to do? Do I want to go to college? Do I want to get a job? And none of that inspired me, man. I I struggled at high school. I figured I'd struggle at college. Uh, I had attention deficits is what my teachers called it. I I didn't pay attention because it didn't interest me. Yeah. And uh, so I, I actually stumbled into business at the age of 18. I went to a meeting, got inspired. I had a a mentor uh, that came across my path that was tough love. He was hard on me. I needed him way more than he actually needed me. And so I became super coachable. I did exactly what he told me to do. I did things that were incredibly uncomfortable. I I mean, I remember he would make me walk up to strangers and have conversations, pick up the phone and smile and dial. I remember when he would put me in front of the room for the first time and I get dry mouth and forget everything I was going to say. And I felt like I was going to pass out. So I, I remember all of it. Uh, we I'm all started. Some, yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, I just started uh, embracing the journey and embracing that I had, uh, you know, that God sent some, put somebody in my life that was willing to pick up the pieces I was missing. And I was open enough to go pay attention. And now paying it forward, you know, 27 years later, we have multiple (laughs) traditional companies. Uh, Yes, I am starting an affiliate marketing company. Uh, This is the first time I've said that publicly. So there we go. And uh, we've been blessed to be in the top 1% earners of companies, producers. 
And it's not because of DJ Barton. It's because of systems, tools, and resources. And I was open enough to become coachable, be a sponge, learn how to do things that I've never done to get a lifestyle and results that I've never thought I would have. And, and that's where it's at, man. So we're just, now we're in the mode of paying it forward. I told you the other day that my word of this year is impact. Mm -hmm, my yeah. goal is to impact people around me, impact that people are willing to be impacted and change the trajectory of people's lives with a movement. And that's what this whole thing's all about. I think the world needs it right now and someone's got to step up. So Jake, yeah, why not me. us, right? Why that's exactly us? it. And I, and I love what you said that, you know, impact the people who are ready to be impacted. Because I think one of the things, especially when you're coaching and teaching is you can't help everyone, but you can do your best to put in as much information, as much effort um, to providing the, you know, the lead lead path as you can. And then people who are ready um, will jump onto it. I was listening to um, Tom Bilyeu today, actually, and he was saying, there's a, a quote, you know, bus, the bus will come past every five minutes, but do you have the change to get on it? Do you have the skills to take up the opportunities that come? And I think just providing the information and, and making that impact to people to get them ready for when their opportunity comes, they can pounce and they can make the most of it. I say on this podcast, like, I enjoy this for two reasons. One, I learned so much for having interviews like you. It's a very selfish thing for me. I get to pick your brain for however long I can and learn a whole bunch, but I do it vocally out loud and on a podcast so that others can take the bits of information as well. And it's just kind of providing that platform for those who want to be impacted. And I think it's it's great that that's your mission. Um, just circling back actually to your childhood there, it's quite interesting. And I had a very similar situation. Now, God bless my father is still alive. Um, but my father, it was actually my stepdad. He's raised me since I was two, still calling my dad is the best thing ever. Um, when I was sure. about 10, I think it was, um, I was staying at my cousin's house and I woke up and my uncle said, we've got to go to the hospital. Your dad's been in a really serious accident. Not realizing, but yeah, he'd been stabbed three times in the back and missed his spinal cord by this much. He was paralyzed um, for both of his legs for a little bit. And then he got able to walk and he's just kind of got numbness in one leg. So literally you know, having the same sort of thing of him being taken away. I remember walking into the hospital clear as day, seeing him on the bed. Like you hear about these things on the news, but when it happens to you, it's just a whole nother shock. Um, and that kind of woke me up a little bit to like, you can be gone in any second. And the doctors were saying that it was like three mil away from his spinal cord, which could have killed him. And um, that kind of impactful moment in your life does stick with you. And so I can really relate to, and like I said, God bless that my my father did make it through. So I can only imagine the um, the turmoil from your family because I, you know, I had a little bit of like that holy shit moment and I kind of got away scot-free in the sense. Um, so I can only imagine what it was like for you. So my condolences there. And I love the way that you've used that as your fuel, because one of my favorite analogies is, I don't know if you've heard this story, probably have, you know, the two twin brothers. Um, one is an absolute alcoholic and one's a CEO. And he goes, oh, how come you are the way you are? Well, my dad was an alcoholic. And that question's the, the question and answer to both, you know, one uses it as fuel, one uses it as an excuse. And I think that's super yeah. powerful that you've said, I've used it Very as my true. fuel. And that's how we've gone all the way to the top of many companies. So I think that's amazing. Yeah. No, it's true, man. <laughs> I mean, you're either making excuses or you're making an impact, right? Yeah. And um, a lot of people do use their, the reasons why people should be successful, truthfully, a lot of them use that as excuses. And um, it's one of those moments, it's, in my opinion, those are defining moments in people's lives. I yeah. love the analogy of the alcoholic uh, because my dad was one and because my dad was one, I'm a CEO, right? Yeah. 
And um, there's a lot of people, you know, it's interesting. If you look at professional sports athletes, a lot of them, the, the most, some of the most successful ones come from the hood, you know, mm-hmm. their dad got their mom pregnant, dad left, mom's cooked on drugs, uh, son, daughter, whatever the case might be, goes and becomes a professional athlete. And that's a success story because that was an action motivator. Son or daughter wanted to help mom out. Right. Mm -hmm. But then on the other, on the flip side is, you know, there's people that were born in the hood, dad left, mom's hooked on drugs. Now kids hooked on drugs because that was the excuse that they used. Right. But so you're either going to be a a test. You're you're either going to be a, you know, testimony of of a testament of what you shouldn't have done or a testimony or a success story, what you could have done. Totally. And just, just in this conversation, I'm wondering, maybe you have some advice. I, I don't know the answer to this, but what would you say to someone who maybe goes through a traumatic thing like like you did? <clears throat> maybe they haven't gone through it yet, but for information, for if someone has to come across this situation and dealing with that holy shit moment, my life has completely changed. How do you kind of consciously go, I'm going to use this as my fuel rather than use it as an excuse? Do you have any advice for someone you know, in that situation? So the way, so you're, there's different patterns, right? There, you're going to go through the roller coaster of emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're going to become a victim. I became a victim. I, I mean, when you're eight, you don't know a lot, but I remember, yeah. you know, first when I got off the school bus, uh, all these people at my house, it was kind of weird. No one's at my house after school, but everybody heard the news and came to my house, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody in the room, I remember now looking back because I'm now I'm 45. I can look back at these moments and everybody had different emotions. Everybody had different reactions. Some people were in shock. Some people were laying on the floor crying. You know what I did? It was in the middle of the winter. I grabbed my sled and went sledding because that's how I coped with it. You know, at the age of eight years old, you know, almost eight years old. I didn't know. So you're going to go through different emotional patterns you're going to go through the victim mode, the morning, the why me to eventually going, well, if it's going to be, it's up to me, right? Like the world's going to continue to go on. Now, do I wish I had my dad back? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. On the flip side though, I'm grateful on the circumstances I'm in because I can use it to impact others. Yeah. I might not have had my three kids. I might've not have met my soulmate, my wife, I may have not got, you know, being the businesses that I've gotten in because my dad was a VP at a real estate firm. So he yeah. was super successful. I may nice. have got into real estate if he was still around. I may be living in a different state because of, you know, so every situation and every circumstance in all of our lives, pivot, pivot, pivot. So am I, yeah. I'm, great, I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful that I get to talk to him every day upstairs if I want to. I know he's around me all the time. Yeah. Now, you know, I don't, I don't get the actual touch, but I do feel a connection. That's awesome. And I mean, I'm a new father. You may have known a 10-month-old boy. And, you know, I've yeah. done a lot of stuff in my life. But now my entire thing is to set him up for the best journey he can. And it sounds like that your father's death didn't go in vain because it's been the fuel that's led you to this great life that you've got. So, you know, silver lining in the sense that what happened to him has really allowed you to take that fuel and run with it, which I think is incredible. And it's I really like what you said back there. It's really important for people to understand that everyone's different. Everyone's behaviors are different. When I was in my situation, I my sister was six years younger than me. So I was about 10, she was about four. And so we didn't know exactly the seriousness of it and he wasn't in a good state. So when I first saw my father, my instant reaction was big brother protection. You know, 
I'm fine because I need to make sure my sister's fine. And that was just how I handled it. And I just went for a while without actually having the the hit of the emotion because my initial instant was protection. Whereas, as you said, everyone else has that different kind of reaction. And I think you need to know yourself well to to deal with it and be okay with it um, and then try and utilize it as, as the strength. So very yeah. interesting. <laughs> right. So let's fast forward. Yeah, 27 years of experience. Um, and you've been through multiple businesses, right? How many businesses do you think you start off as a, as a let's say serial entrepreneur? How many businesses do you think you really went through before the first one kind of took off and you actually had some success? Because I know lots of people who get go down this path. They hit the first roadblock and they're like, this sucks. I'm done. Or, you know, some people that just go two or three times and they're like, this is never going to work for me. I'm not meant for this. But then I know other entrepreneurs who are like, yeah, I did it after my 18th try at a different business. What was it like for you? Yeah. So I'll, I'll answer that. A trigger just came though. It's like yep. a lot of the average people in the world think a failure is a failure, right? Like I didn't work for me. I must be, something must be wrong with me. No, like a failure is just learning how things didn't work for you. Like totally. my broke friends, I have broke friends and I have wealthy friends. Okay. My broke friends think that every, every time you do something and it doesn't work, it's a failure. But my wealthy friends think every time you do something that doesn't work, you just learn how to try to learn it a different way to make mm -hmm. it work. So I want to point that out. Now, um, I've tried a lot of businesses. Uh, I've been over promise. I've been under delivered. I've been duped. I've been scammed. Um, and that, and I don't blame them. I blame me for not doing better due diligence, right? Yeah. I've had corporations let me down. I've had people in corporations let me down. Uh, the very first company I enrolled in, uh, corporation let me down. And one of the things I want to point out though, while I share this journey with you over the next few minutes is that just because somebody lets you down, doesn't mean you should stop chasing your dreams. Love that. Number one. Okay. Plans change, but decisions don't, all right? My decision to still continue to get my dreams is still going to happen. It might just be in a different bus, might be going a different destination. Yeah. Or the destination of the same different vehicle, right? So my first company, I was in for about six or seven months. Uh, corporate made some decisions that weren't good for the field. So for the top five money earners left, I went with them. We started our own company. That yeah. was at 19 years old. Uh, for six years, I ran with that company from 19, well, actually until 20, 18 to 24, I was with that company, became a top 20 producer in that company. Corporate decided to go a different direction. That company shut down. I got a little frustrated because I was working 70, 80, 90 hours a week chasing my dreams and corporate was letting me down. So I started my own company. Um, it was a foreclosure bailout company. So that'd be company number three, right? And uh, we did really well with it. Really, really well. And it was during the foreclosure era, but the foreclosures come and go. So that was a short-lived business. Mm -hmm. uh, we did really well. And then uh, I got back into the network marketing profession, uh, made it to the top you know, 1% of that company in a very short period of time, in about seven and a half months. Wow. And then the company started changing the compensation structure a bunch of times in a short period of time. So that's a sign, by the way. So I, I left. That was company number four. Then I went to another company and, and became literally in the top 1% again in a short period of time. Um, company, corporate man, mismanaged money. We've made it to $900 million in revenue and they figured wow. out how to mess it up. So that company went under. So you guys see a pattern here, right? I kept <laughs> going and tell, right? My first mentor said, "Pay there's three rules in business. Pay attention, 
get excited, and never quit. Pay attention to people in life that have what you want. Do what they do. You'll get what they have. And he said, get excited. A lot of it's easy to get excited once you're making 10 grand a month, but you have to get excited and be excited to get to 10 grand a month. And he said, never quit. You can't lose on a stock if you don't sell it when it's down. Like, mm -hmm. don't quit. Keep chasing your dreams. I went to another company. FTC shut them down for 90 days. Left. I uh, went to another company, CEO over promise under delivered. Here I am today. During that time, I do own some of my own traditional companies, but that was, you know, so I've, I went through seven or eight times to the point where I'm forced to start my own business because I, I build companies from the field's perspective. So that way we all are building together. You know, that's why yeah. I do field leadership development. I'm more in the field than in the corporate, even though I own a, a, a piece of it. So so it, it, it's not like a, a one and done home run. It's not like you had this hit song and all of a sudden you're in all the charts forever. <laughs> you know, you got to have, you got to go through the trials and tribulations and tell dot, dot, dot until it works, right? Until you hit your goals and your dreams. You know, your feelings don't care about your dreams and your dreams don't care about your feelings. That's just the way it is. And so you got to get your feelings out of the way and everything we do. I get my... But, you know, I am human, okay, but I still don't let my feelings get in the way. I'm doing it no matter what is my mentality. I mean, that's a huge thing. Uh, we talk about trading a lot on this podcast, but anyone who's been in trading for long enough will know that emotions play no role in the success in, in your trading. And I think it's very similar in business. If you start <laughs> to bring your emotion into business deals and corporate deals, uh, that's probably when the $900 million companies go under. You know, that's when that kind of stuff tends to happen when emotions creep in. But you said so many nuggets in that that I, I really love. Starting with, you know, failure is, for me, failure is part of success. Like, I don't think we become success, like, you need to fail multiple times to learn. It's how you learn. And if you can shift, I really want people to understand this. If you can shift your perspective, I'm a big person on perspective. I think that's like literally one of the mottos I um, live my life by. But if you can shift your perspective on this exact approach, I think you can become almost unstoppable because failure is not failing. It's part of the success. You have to fail multiple times. So if you can fall in love with failing, knowing that you've learned a way not to do something, I think it was Einstein said, you know, I haven't learned how not to do it. I haven't, I haven't got it wrong. I've just learned a thousand ways not to do it. You know, right, if you can right. fail forward and fail fast and be like, yeah, okay, this was a mistake. I can learn from this and learn from them. Don't get me wrong. Don't just fail aimlessly. Don't just stupidly just throw shit into the wind, you know, like learn from your mistakes but continue to do it and fail hard, then you become successful. And, you know, I don't think you intentionally failed hard at all, but the businesses you went through, it wasn't against your, it wasn't, you know, your choice. It was out of your power, but you still had that, that road end. And it was just like, okay, next thing, how can we move forward? And I think lots of people, when they fail, fail, when their first business doesn't work out, whatever you want to call it, I think they feel like they're starting again. But what's really important is you're not starting again. You're starting with experience. You're building on top of all the experience you've had. You hear these stories of people who've made billion-dollar companies, it's collapsed, and then the next year they've got another million-dollar company. Why? Because the process they went through, the, the skills they've learned, the knowledge you gain from going through the hardship, you kind of only have to do that once or twice, and then you know how to react the next time. You know, When it comes back to you again, you know what you're doing and how to kind of respond to it. Yeah, it's a different color and a different style, but it's still the same kind of process. So to hear that you've had so many um downfalls let's say but just gotten back up every single time and pushed from and and now look at you you know right to right to the top of launching your own business in however many days or weeks we got <laughs> yeah it's interesting man i mean 
you know, your kids, your kids are watching, right? People are watching. People are going to watch to see if you can overcome the challenges. Uh, I teach people because I do coaching. You know, I'm also an online marketing, social media marketing coach. Um, mm -hmm. I work with the Higda group, Ray Higda and, and, and such. And, and I teach people this. I'm like, ask yourself this every day. Two things. Would you recruit you? Would you follow you? And if you can't answer that honestly, you got to change, right? And if my team did what I did today, would my business has grown or just stayed neutral or went backwards? And if it's neutral or backwards, you can't go to bed till you do the forward, right? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you can't expect others to do something you're not willing to do. Even as an owner of a company, I show up every day on DMOs, power hours. I still outproduce, out enroll, out recruit, out, you know, do everybody that's in the companies that I've been a part of, no matter what my title or role is, because I'm a builder. That's just what we do, right? And people yeah. are always watching. They're like Santa Claus. They're always watching, right? It's just the way it is. And so, you know, a lot of times I, I meet parents and they they tell their kids one thing, for example, but then they do something complete opposite. Yeah. And the best thing you could do for you and your family and your kids and your peers is go chase your dreams. I was listening to a podcast with Ed Milet, I don't know, a year ago before his book came out. And he, and he said, the worst thing you could do is give up on your dreams because you're teaching your kids how to give up on your dreams. It's okay so to be true. selfish. I know at the beginning of this, Jake, you talked about selfishly, this is for you also, which is great. Mm -hmm. I was on a, listening to an interview yesterday and the, and the interviewer did the, per, do your role was saying selfishly, I'm doing this for me also. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because you have to be selfish. Self, a lot of people think selfish is a bad thing in the wrong content. It can be. But in the right content, it's not. Because think about this. When you're on an airplane, how many of you have been on an airplane, right? Think yeah. about what last time you've been on. Maybe you're listening to this on an airplane right now. <laughs> and the flight attendant said, hey, in case of an emergency, there's going to be oxygen masks that come down. Make sure you put it on you first before you help others. Exactly. Because you can't help others unless you help yourself first. Because you'll die. You won't have any oxygen. Yeah. So you have to take care of your finances before you can help fix other people's finances. You have to fix your mindset before you can help fix other people's mindset. You got to grow before you can help other people grow. That's part of life. Everybody's always want to get the red cross on their back and go help everybody else before they take care of themselves, which is the worst thing you can do because you're also teaching bad habits and people are going to take advantage of you. Yep. I think that's so true. I mean, I always say you, you can only fill up others' cups from an overfull cup, like an overflowing cup. You know, sometimes people always try to like give and, and give and you realize that you're just emptying your cup. If you're overflowing and you've filled yours up first and you've got energy to give, by all means, go and help as many people as you can. But until you've got that level, you're really not doing anyone any good. You know, as you said, people take advantage of you and they can see that. And the the whole point of this podcast was I'm only, you know, a couple of steps ahead of a handful of traders. And the more I learn, the more knowledge I gain, people watch me gain that knowledge and learn, the more they can get out of that. I mean, I can sit here and tell people what to do as much as I want, but if I'm not learning and growing myself, you know, why would they, why would you want to listen to that? And so I think it's, 
this, this the idea of being selfish and you're totally right in the wrong context it, it can be very bad but i think um you know taking in the information and learning and growing in yourself is the best way to help others grow because if you're continuing to grow you're gonna have more information and more stuff to give to others right it's just that yeah. ongoing knock-on effect so no, it's, it's good spot on so what um what i want to know as a successful entrepreneur um what was it like it's like i talk a lot about mindset so when you're going through these big falls, let's say, or companies closing, I'm sure the first one would have been probably the hardest one, but maybe not. Maybe it's the same every time. What goes in in your mind? What, like that initial, like, ah, oh, shit, I have to start again. Or is it like, oh, well, or is it, you know, how do I pick myself back up? Do you have like a mantra or something you, you talk yourself through? Or is there a period that you have to kind of like, well, I'll go to the bar for a week and then I'll get over it? Or <laughs> how does it work? Yeah, I mean, for a day or two, you're pissed off. You, you know, you want to blame the world. And at the end of the day, you can't pay your bills that way, right? Mm-hmm. So but we all go through that anger and you know frustration and irritation mode. Uh, but I will be fully transparent with you. There's also there's times where you know doubt, uh, you know doubt does sit in and sink in. Like maybe all those you know naysayers were right. Maybe it mm-hmm. is a pyramid. Maybe these things don't work. Maybe these things never last. Maybe. Maybe it's me. Maybe I, you know, I went to high school. I barely graduated. I, you know, I, I cheated off my neighbor's papers to get by high school. <laughs> or maybe I should have got that job or maybe I should have went to that trade school or maybe I should get into a different profession. I mean, there's been times when that has happened, mm-hmm. I start filling out a resume and I never sent it in because it was giving up on my goals and my dreams. But there was two, three, four days where I played victim. I'm human. But you yeah. know what? You got to get over it. You know, it's the song by the Eagles, right? Get over it, right? You, you got to get over it. It's just the way it is. And it, it you got to, you know, it's God testing you to see if you're worthy for the testament, the testimony, right? All these different things. It's a challenge. Every successful human being on planet Earth has been tested. Mm-hmm. And I believe every setback is a test to see if you can handle going forward. I mean, just recently, uh, the only reason why myself and another gentleman are starting a company is because we asked for some changes. They said they would do them. It's been over a year. Nothing's been done. We offered to invest our own capital to fix the changes in their company. They turned us down. We offered to buy the company. They turned us down. And so we went to the last resort to say, okay, we'll do it ourselves. Right. (laughs) And that's the only reason why we're starting a company. That's the only reason I didn't want to. I didn't want to do I didn't want the liability, the overhead, the stress of 20, 30,000 people joining this idea and their lives on my shoulders. But you know what? God had a different plan. Yep. So I'm you just tried paths. <laughs> and you're like, well, I guess this is my plan. <laughs> I, I did. I did the other options. I did the, the easy options. I guess I got to go the hard route. But you took it on your, you t- well, you're taking it on your chest and, and you're going full steam, which I love. So <clears throat> I loved it. I love that you said that um, more about the, the doubt, because I think this is the point where lots of people go, you know, this self-doubt comes in, this negative self-talk, self-sabotage, all this kind of stuff starts to creep in when you have those down moments. And really, I think business and trading is just a game of attrition. You know, most people quit because they get to these points of like, this is actually tough right now. I'm being tested. Do I want to, you know, do I want to keep trying for my business and have to like eat pasta and noodle and rice for the next week? Or should I just give it all in and go get a job and, and be comfortable? That 
I think right there, those moments, those weeks, days, however long it lasts for you, those I think are the people, what separates the successful and the unsuccessful, those moments of, I have a decision to make and it's 100% my responsibility. Do I go left? Do I go right? You're talking about pivotal moments before all of those moments Mm -hmm. where you go self-doubt, negative talk. Is this really for me? That when I get those, I realize it's, it starts to, you know, it compounds and it gets heavier and heavier. And I get to a point and I go, this is a pivotal moment. Am I going to continue my dream or am I going to go back? So I did engineering. Um, it took me eight years to get my degree, did six months of that. And I was like, no, this isn't for me. I want to go travel the world. I want to do something different. I want to do something bigger. And many times I have that like, ah, was everyone right? Should I have just stuck with engineering? <laughs> like, it does pay pretty well, but you know, sitting behind a desk right. with no kind of ambition. And I have this moment like, that's my that's my alternative back in the office and i'm sure i'll get bored of that very quickly and so when i have these moments i think to that and i'm like what's my alternative back to engineering no i don't want that let's push through the shit that's coming at me no matter what it is do you do you have something that you maybe like a why or an alternative or something else that you think about that kind of is your no i don't want that or do you just go, i don't <laughs> don't have another option i'm doing it anyway yeah, I mean, to me, it's pride, it's ego. I mean, it's, I don't want to be known as a quitter, a failure. I'm more afraid of failure than success. Some people, believe it or not, are afraid of success more than mm-hmm. failure. And I'm the, I have to live with myself 24-7, 365. I, I, I have to die with myself. Like, think about that. Like, you know That's the powerful. absolute truth about you. Yeah. You can lie on social media. You can put the best filters on. You can make your hair look really good. You can talk about how great life is, then hang up the social media channel and go fight with your wife, your kids, like all these different things. Right. But at the end of the day, it's you versus you. You know the truth, period. You can't lie to yourself. You can manipulate your mind all you want, but you cannot lie to yourself and the truth of the truth. And so for me, I don't want to let myself down. Yeah. I would say that's probably my selfish side. What's your motivation? Me. I don't want to let myself down. I don't want to be known as a quitter, a failure, died trying. Like when you pass away and on your, and you have, you know, everybody's at your funeral and you got your tombstone. What's it going to say? What's your tagline? Because at the end of the day, you know, where we're born, we live, we die. Right. And in the middle is that dash. And you're in control of that dash. You're in control. But that dash is going to be your tagline on your tombstone. And mm-hmm. you get to you get to decide what people remember you by. Yeah. I really and love I know that. that's deep, but it's it's, I'm telling you, man, that's that's my motivation, man. That's that's why I do what I do. I mean, everybody around me knows that they will bet, and it's not patting myself on the back, it's just People will always bet on me because they know I won't quit. They know I won't give up. If I hit a wall, we'll figure a way to get around it. If if the company is not here, we'll start a new one. It doesn't matter what the obstacle is. We'll overcome it. We may not know how right away, but we're going to get it. We're going to figure it out over time. Yeah. I mean, was is it Victor Frankl who says that he with enough why will find out how? I think something along those lines of definitely paraphrasing. It's not exactly how it goes. Yeah, the how does the how doesn't matter as long as the why is bigger than the how is really what it comes down to. Exactly. And and just so you know too, Jake, is that your why is going to change 
all the time. <laughs> when I started my first company at 18, you know what my why was? My why has always had freedom in it. Yep. But it was to have fancy cars, big homes, bottle service, going to the club, meeting chicks, like, you know, living the lifestyle, right? Yeah. The insta lifestyles they call it today. That was my why when I was 18. You know what it is now at 45? What is it? Having a pin cat, pin cash for everything, having tons of real estate assets, cash paying for my lifestyle, living, you know, I don't need the fancy car, the big houses, the private jets. Like I have a buddy that just bought a second jet. Like that doesn't impress me. It used to, <laughs> but you can't, you can't be on two jets at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so to me, two. it doesn't matter. Now he's smart because knowing him, he's probably going to, you know, rent one out or whatever. You know what I mean? That's just yeah. how he is. He'll make one for rent to pay for the other. He's entrepreneurial that way. My point is though, is over time, you're like quality time, going on vacation, having my toes in the sand, a cocktail in hand, listening to Caribbean music, like Jamaican music, being on a beach, like that makes me more happy than getting in a Ferrari or a mm -hmm. Lambo or a jet or whatever. And who I'm there with, with the memories and the experiences I'm creating. Yeah. That's I, just, it's just different today. I love, my actual next question was, what was your why and has it changed? So it's so great that you segued into that <laughs> because I think, I think it's super important for people to know this though, because it does as, as you grow in business and in life and in everything, really your aspirations, your knowledge, everything about you change changes. You become a completely new identity. Every new skill that you get, the instantaneous moment that you do that new skill, you can shift your identity into a completely new person. And with that comes new ambition, comes a new why. And I think people get so yeah. caught up on it. I think the main thing is to have a why that's that's kind of bigger than bigger than you in a sense, or you know, big yeah. enough that it's not gonna not gonna change. Um, sorry, big enough that it's not going to slow you down, basically. And yeah, I've had a lot of leaders, man. It's funny, and I didn't mean to over talk over you. No, uh, the um, I've had a lot of leaders say, and you've heard this, right? You have to have a why that makes you cry. It's like, nah, it's a bunch of crap. You know, <laughs> you, you got to have a why that motivates your ass. Yeah. That's what it is. Plain and simple. Like, I don't get emotional over my why and cry and sit in front of the room and tell my story about my why and the freedom I want and the toes in the sand. No, I'm doing it because I feel it and I can visualize what I want. I already know where I'm going. I just got to go back in time to go forward in time, right? Yeah. And so a why does not have to make you cry. A why just has to get you off your ass, get you yeah. motivated, get you passionate about something, get you excited about something. That's what a why needs to do. Totally. I think the key there is the why needs to evoke emotion. That can be whatever emotion you want. That why, when you think about it, that could get you pumped up, riled, you want to flip your desk over. Yes, it could make you cry if that's if that's what it is. As long as it evokes an emotion in you that just gets you moving, I think that is the most important thing. Because when you're having those days and you're in your head, and this was something that I was learning just the other day, which I thought was very powerful, it's really hard to change your mind with your mind. In order to change your mind, change your body. And how can we change our body with emotions and stuff like that? So if we get a sensory input, if we do like a, a cold plunge, that's going to change our mind. You know, you're feeling low, go for a jog. You're changing your body. You're changing the chemicals. That's going to change your mind. If you've got a why, like I've got a, a, a vision board up here with a bunch of like six different things that are my dreams and goals. And I know when I have hard times, I just look up and those pictures evoke that emotion in me. And I have the ability to go, that's right. My body's like, get out of my head. Let's go. Come on. Like the emotions there now. What am I doing? Get, that was a dumb thought, Jake. That can go. 
back on with my task, you know? And I think if you've got the why that evokes emotion, that's going to be the thing that can, you know, kick your ass when you're feeling, feeling low. And I think that's the whole point of it. 100%. You got to put things around you that are going to, that are going to move you. Right. And, and if you're, and if a car motivates you, it, it, great, go get one. They're fun. Go get a big house if you want one. I'm not saying that like, yes, do we want nice quality things. Absolutely. But it's not my motivator. It's yeah. not like why I get up every day. I got to go get that red Ferrari. I got to go get that five, you know, 5,000 square foot home, whatever it is. That's not what it is, but will, will those things come? Yes. Well, do we have them? Will we have them? Yes. That's just part of it. Right. But is it the actual thing that gets me out of bed every single day? No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, money starts as a motivator for many people, like, especially if you're young, you know, maybe 18, or if you're, if you've been working the nine to five and you see that whatever you're planning on doing can bring money, I think that is a, a huge motivator, but that's a motivator that dies quickly. You know, if that's your only yeah. motivator, That'll go out the window real quick. And I always say this to people like money is great. Yeah, sure. But unless you're doing something with it, it doesn't mean shit. I could have $2 million sitting in the, be the bottom of my room here. It doesn't mean anything until I utilize it and actually give it to someone or make a transition with it or trade it for something. And so think about what you want to trade it for. If it's a car that you want, if it's the, the you know, the holidays on the beaches, that's what you got to think about rather than the actual money in, in my opinion, because again, it doesn't do anything until you actually spend it, right? Yeah, it's true. And you know, what's interesting um, before we switch topics is this, is that also what I've learned as I got more mature in business and life, I don't want to say older because I still feel 20, 21 yeah. years old. But, 21 for 20 years. Um, <laughs> 21 <laughs> with a lot of experience yeah. is uh, a lot of people also will go by at a young age when they can barely afford the fancy car, house, whatever, because they think it'll give them more self-worth mm -hmm. because they're hiding something where they might have self-limited belief, self-doubt, some type of insecurity, whether they might be good enough and they think, oh, if I get this, that means I'm going to be good enough. No, the car doesn't make you, right? The house doesn't make you. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that I point out because I do work with some people in different industries and Every week they're adding to their fleet of cars. It's like, okay, this guy needs some counseling. He needs some help because <laughs> he thinks the more cars he gets, the cooler he becomes, which it's not, right? Money just makes you more of who you already are. Yeah. I, and I people, hide, people hide behind it, man. People hide behind it. So I was talking about this just the other day um, on one of my podcasts that I think money just um, magnifies who you are. If you're a bad person, money is going to ma make you do bad things quicker and easier. If you're a great person, you can use money to do great things quicker and easier. It really, I think there's a, a misunderstanding about wealth from a lot of people, especially people in the middle class. And you know, there's this negativity towards it, but really I think money just magnifies. If you're a great person and you got money, you can do great things better. Um, but just touching back on what you were saying, you know, the people who get the cars and their self-worth is relative to what people, you know, I've got this nice car. So now everyone's going to think that I'm X, Y, Z. But I think that goes back to what you're talking about before. You can never lie to your true self, right? You were saying this, that you can never lie to your true self. You're the one who has to live with you for your whole life. And I think the faster mm -hmm. we can know that, the faster we can understand that because your success story or your failure story, whatever it is, will be a glimpse in everyone else's life, but it will be the peak of your life. You know, it'll be a huge aspect. I don't want to say it'd be the peak, but it'll be a big aspect of your life. If you yep. work your ass off and then, you know, you 
let's just say like Usain Bolt, for example. I mean, he worked his ass off for so many years. He won the gold. He absolutely kicked ass. And then it kind of just, after that, it dwindled. But for him, I'm sure he can be proud of all the work he's done. So he can live happily with that. But if you've got something that you've kind of falsified and you put it in the highlight and go, I made it. And then people like clap and then it's gone. Your whole self-worth is going to be gone just as fast as the the fame or the or the experience, shall I say, is gone. So knowing that true self of yours, knowing internally what is driving you and knowing, okay, do I really care about cars or is there something else that I can be looking for? And I'm using cars as an example just because it was in the wind. But yeah. I think that's really powerful. And I wrote this down. You can never lie to your true self because I think it's so true. And I really loved, I think sure. it was paraphrasing from our conversation, but I really loved it. Sure, <laughs> man. No, it's true. You got to live with yourself every single day, no matter what. So, you know, I know a lot of people that don't love themselves for whatever, for whatever reason, they just, don't they live in a self-fulfilling lie to where they lie after lie after lie after lie after lie and they mm -hmm. don't even know now how to get back to their original like being their core who they truly are like they're so lost yeah and it's uh, it's sad i mean i know people personally that are in that uh out of control spiral as we speak and it's there's no end in sight for a period of time till a lot of times till they hit rock bottom and somewhere in their life do they become you know they find they find themselves again yeah it's incredible actually and let, let's touch on this just a little bit I, I listen to dr joe Dispenza a lot and he often talks about how the lifestyle that we have by the time we're 30 is just a sequence of habits that we don't even realize we're doing and it's pretty much programmed into us and the lifestyle yeah i've just turned 31 so the lifestyle that i'm living basically i mean I'd like to think that I'm different because I'm I'm intentionally living by design. I, I I went out of that nine to five, but for the majority of people, it's just a bunch of habits that's kind of funneled them into this situation. And they don't even realize where they've come to. So, what would be your advice for someone maybe who you you know you see as living that lie after lie after lie or, or stuck in that kind of sequence of I don't know monotonous routine and how they can actually start to make those changes or make observations to get out of that kind of cycle? Yeah. So I'm. I've uh, had the pleasure of sharing a stage with Mr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Oh, Joe, um, and I am definitely not qualified nearly like he is. So <laughs> uh, just from, from my perspective, which is hard for people to do is you have to be, you know, omission is everything, right? Like um, omission, right? Um, owning up to what's going on. Mm -hmm. But also getting your ego out of the way and being able to raise your hand and say, I need help. Yeah. I think that's powerful if you can do like, that. That's that's what it's going to take is you getting enough confidence, not caring what other people think, because who cares what people think? They're going to think. They don't live with it you. It doesn't matter. Life. You're, yeah. you're, in control, you're in control of the dash. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Who care? If I did what people thought, I wouldn't be living the life I've always wanted to live. Others' thoughts don't pay bills, that's no. for sure. The thoughts, no. You know, it's so funny. Remember rule number one, pay attention. Pay attention <laughs> to people you want to be like, but also people you don't want to be like, right? It's a good and, point. Uh, advice, advice is free, so just you get what you pay for. But ultimately, you have to own up to your – you got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know, can I be mature enough? Can I get rid of my ego? to ask for help again and walk through the other side and take the help is, is the easiest way for me to say that. Yeah. I think that's one of the hardest things. I don't know what, what it's like over in the States, but I know in Australia, there's a big, a big campaign for especially men's mental health because 
so many men have the ego, like like you were saying, you know, that ego in the way that they refuse to to ask for help. And usually by the time, sometimes it's too late by the time they're really ready to ask for help. Or, you know, there's this campaign about if trying to look for cues from from men, mainly because of the ego, that if they're reaching out to try and talk about it. And that's on a mental health kind of aspect. But I think this is relative to any aspect, you know. It's hard sometimes to reach out for that first bit of help. It's hard to, sometimes to to take that first kind of step. But with action comes confidence. And once you can do it once, then I think you can do it again. And I feel like if anyone, just PSA, I guess, if anyone's looking at reaching out for help or struggling or wanting to kind of put a hand out, start with something small. Start with something really small. Like, mm-hmm. can you help me with, I don't know, the dishes tonight? And then use that as the confidence builder to ask for something bigger. Actually, I've asked for this. I got reciprocated now i can kind of ask for something bigger and and just don't be afraid because i think the the worst thing is regretting not asking for help and living with that for ages whereas it's like the band-aid just rip the band-aid off ask the question and just let whatever whatever happens unfold because usually it's pretty pretty miraculous yeah i mean it goes back to what would you do if you weren't afraid right and um i i I ask my i ask people at all the time that question Right. How what would you do if you weren't afraid? Well, a lot, right? Well, <laughs> we all know fear, we all know fear is false evidence appearing real. It's what you make up in your mind is the is your reality. And um, once you can you're gonna feel like because I've been in situations where I've asked for help and mm. it was uncomfortable. I didn't like it, it was awkward. I thought it was, you know, as a man, I was becoming a less of a man, right? Yeah, but uh, why do we? But you know that? what? Flip side, uh, you become more of a, a man or a woman or whatever you are, right? It's totally. just it is what it is. Uh, the more it's you know, people look at you like, okay, he's real, he's humble, he's sincere, and he's not you know the king of the mountain, right? But he and he's asked for help. I mean, it's like coaching. I mean, the greatest athletes in the world, yeah, still get coaching. The greatest business people in the world still get coaching. I get, I pay for coaching, you know, for I for two hours of coaching, you pay for almost four thousand five thousand dollars. You know, it's just like your coach, you like you're getting like the more you get yourself out of the way, the faster success can find you, right? Yeah. Hello, traders. I just wanted to jump in here for a quick second to tell you about two of the biggest obstacles that I had to face on my trading journey. Number one was time spent finding simple answers. I would go through YouTube videos and so much content just to find the answer to one simple question and took up so much of my time. Number two was having someone to actually talk to who actually understands trading during those really hard days when you're questioning, is this really for me? Maybe you've had a few losses and you're like, oh man, trading can be a very lonely journey, but it doesn't have to be. Okay, so how did I overcome these? I joined a trading community. That's right, getting in a group of individuals who are actually on the same path as you and you can talk to that don't actually think you're crazy when you're talking about trading stuff. It's It was a game changer. You know, a trading community where we go live every Monday to Friday, a place where you can find accountability buddies, talk trading plans and build up all the things that you know are going to help you on your journey to success. Asking seven-figure traders those simple questions, wow, saves so much time. So, Come down to the description here. You can find a link, a coupon code. It's only $50 a month to join the trading community. But because you're listening to the podcast, the coupon below will give you your very first month for only $10. That's right. A very valuable community of traders for only $10 for your very first month. So check it out in the description. And if you're not already, then come trade live with us. Get your questions answered from those who are actually having success. But for now, let's get back to the episode. Hey. 
I just want to take one quick second to let you know that my new ebook, Ready Set Trade Unlocking the Secrets to Becoming a Profitable and Successful Trader, is available right now. I've taken all the knowledge that I've gotten from interviewing amazing seven figure traders and incredible entrepreneurs just like I am right now, put them together in 10 simple steps that are going to help you get to that ultimate level of trading that you are desiring. So quickly head down to the description, check it out now and back to the episode. It's very powerful. And I think, you know, we are our, we are our own worst enemy, right? And I love what you said there because I mean, there's definitely a line here, but I think lots of the time when you're able to let those guards down a little bit and show vulnerability and show, you know, Hey, I like, I'm not, great at everything. I want help with this or I need help with this. That kind of shows that you're comfortable in yourself and that you're, oh, okay, he's got confidence to maybe let his guard down. Or he's got confidence to reach out. And I think, um, as you said, it makes you more of a man or a woman or, or whoever you are. And the more I think you, you realize that and you find that balance, I think that's where you can really start to accelerate because I, I'm sure you agree. You talk about coaching and everything all the time. Mentorship is a huge aspect to, to growth. I think if you find someone, what, what was that? Pay attention, pay attention to the people who've got what you've got and do what they do. Um, that's, you know, mentorship, right? Find someone who's got what you want and just learn from them. Yeah. And having the ability that's to what go, I said, man. help me, please. You've got what I want. Will, will you give me information? Yeah. I mean, find, you got to find a coach. You got to find a mentor. That's what I, I was lucky enough to have a mentor cross my path at the age 18. And, uh, you know, like I said at the beginning, I needed him way more than he needed me. And so I did exactly what he told me to do because he could get rid of me at a, in, in a moment's time, right? Mm -hmm. But in life, you find people that have what you want, do what they do, you'll get what they have, no matter what it is, right? If you want to become a great sprinter, go find the best sprinter in the world, right? If you want to be a great quarterback, you go find the best quarterbacks. Same with business, doesn't matter. Same with relationships. Yeah, nice. Would you say, so touching onto that, would you, you know, going into say someone's getting into business, getting into entrepreneurship, would you have like a list of assets that people should collect? And I don't mean assets as in like material assets or something like that, but a mentor, for example. Um, I don't know, some techniques that maybe help you like time blocking or learning your calendar or something along those lines. Would you have like a, a powerful list that you've kind of really clung onto in your in your learnings that have helped drive you in time management, I guess, and in in finding the success that you've got? So first of all, you got to get in the right business. You know, when you find the right business, you never feel like you're working. You know, you've heard it. You've heard this a million times. When you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. So if you're not into lipstick, why are you selling lipstick? Right. So find something that you can get passionate about because you'll do way better. That's the first thing. The reason why I pick my profession is because I'm truly passionate about the product that we market, like mm -hmm. I, whether I market or not, I do it all the time. So that's why it's our product. Right. And I love, like, I don't want to own many companies, but why do I own the company? I, I decide because I love doing affiliate marketing. I love yeah. it. I could go get my insurance license. I could get my real estate license. I could get my mortgage license. I could go make six, seven figures doing that. I don't like it though. I don't enjoy it. So why do it? Yeah. So Makes find so much something <laughs> you can be passionate about. That is first and foremost. Then secondly, yes, you need to have a system. system. The greatest thing about being self-employed is you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. I want you to hear that. The greatest thing about being self-employed is you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. 
Now, the worst thing about being self-employed <laughs> is you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, feel because that. Because most people have no self-discipline. So you have to figure out your discipline, your discipline areas, right? Your actions, what are you going to do? And so every day I have non-negotiables. Yes, I use a calendar, a Google calendar for time blocking. It's like, put yourself like an attorney or a lawyer and you have a hundred cases. You can't work on the Anderson file and the Johnson file at the same time. That's called double charging hours, right? You can't do that. So time block, time block, you know, follow up, time block prospecting, time block when you're going to the gym, time block when you're going to do your marketing, time block when you're going to engage and expand your network. By the way, that's a DMO, daily method of operation, those four categories. Time block when you're going to go to church, time block when you have your nine to five job, like time block things and put it in your calendar. So yeah, that's one thing I've always done is time block. Number two, because think about this, we're doing this podcast. If I would have not had this blocked off on my time, on my mm-hmm. someone else would have booked it, right? Then it, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So time blocking is essential. Having a DMO is essential. What's a DMO? Daily method of operation. Every single day, I block off 60 minutes and I set a timer uh, and I take that 60 minutes and I put it into fifth, four 15 minute segments that total 60 minutes Mm -hmm. and for 15 minutes i prospect 15 minutes i do a follow-up 15 minutes i market what is marketing i do a reel every day i do a static post every day i go add story clips in my stories and then i engage and expand my network for 15 minutes why because people need to see my name so when i reach out to them it's not a stranger I go, I go count, I go on 10 people's stories on Facebook and Instagram and leave a meaningful comment. I go on my wall and comment on 10 people's, you know, you know, on my feed on their, on what they're doing in life. I'll go into groups and comment on a few posts. I'll go connect with five new people I haven't talked to in the last 60, 90 days, right? Like I'm always expanding, engaging and connecting. Why? Because, well, for example, in the, in, in business, you're constantly should be networking and you should constantly be marketing. Those are the two things you should be doing every single day throughout the day. Networking and marketing. marketing. That's in the name. <laughs> right. Hence. <yeah. laughs> so I do all that every single day. And then, um, yeah, we have a whole DMO. That could be a whole other topic. And we, we have accountability and things that we do. But the first and foremost is do something that you truly are passionate about that you want to do. Not what your friends are think is cool, not the next fad, the widget, the gadget. I'll tell you, I know this is a podcast with trading and that we talked about network marketing. Let me put something into perspective for you guys. If you go back 75 years, 100 years, whatever it is, there's three major products that have been around for almost the entire time. Mm-hmm. And there's hundreds that come and gone. Okay. Product-based companies have been around forever. The king and queen is Amway, right? We all know that. Yep. The, then services, like services, like, you know, uh, utilities, like, you know, gas, electric, whatever, like utility companies. And then travel has been around since the horse and buggy days, right? But it's been around, it's come and gone, things like that. You know, there's a, I see a lot of companies that come and go pop up this idea. Ooh, that idea, that shiny object, this, that it's like, they're not legacy companies. So do you want the instant gratification 
Do you want the short-term fix or do you want the long-term wealth? I love that. That's what you got to ask. Like I have friends of mine, like, did you hear about this new card that does X, Y, Z? And they just hooked up with that company or this little book. It's like, yeah, I've heard about it. Come back to me in five years. If they're still around, I'll take a look. Mm -hmm. Because I guarantee a 9.999% of time, they're not going to be around because it's a widget. It's a gadget. Technology evolves and changes. And if you're don't evolve or change, you're going to go down, you know, in, in, in history, right. In the, in the past. Right. And so that's just one of the things that I point out to people is don't chase all the shiny objects, stay in your lane, do what you love, find your passion, turn it into a hobby with a purpose, but treat it like a business because hobbies cost money. Businesses make money. And just go run. Don't don't get distracted. With the level of success that I've had in my career, there's not a week that goes by that I don't get pitched on something that's out there. Yeah, right. And every week, I respectfully <laughs> say thank you for thinking of me, but I'm not interested. Yeah. I've, every single week. The ability to say no, I think, becomes very powerful when you get to a certain level because you do probably get inundated with so much, uh, lots of stuff that you know, probably not relevant to, to your needs or wants, shall we say your wants more so. Um, yeah, I really love that passion being the first thing. I speak a bit about extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. Um, and there's like five pillars of intrinsic motivation and I can't really um, list them all off the top of my head right now, but passion is the first pillar. Basically, that's where the best way to start to get that intrinsic motivation. And that intrinsic motivation is what's going to keep you going. That extrinsic motivation is, oh, my dad wanted me to do this or I'm getting the car because my friends think I'm cool. And so for you to say number one being passion, it just, goes to show that, you know, that passion, you do something you love, you're going to have that motivation to get up. And then, so you've got time blocking, DMOs. Now you're all about finding systems and tools, right? So maybe we can touch on that in a bit, but I also want to touch on the discipline. So let's, let's start with the system and tools. You, you're very big on system and tools. Is that system like the DMOs? Is that kind of what you're referring to in your system and tools or um, yeah, elaborate on that yeah. for a bit. So, so yes, I do have like a DMO sheet, a tracker. So mm -hmm. I have a DMO sheet where it shows me what I need to do in that hour broken up into four 15-minute segments. Then I do have a tracker, okay? Then I have a third-party app that I use. That's free. Anybody can get it. It's called the Boards app, B-O-A-R-D-S. It's boards. universal. You can create your own boards. Look at it as your own playbook. And it, you can have it synced to your laptop, your your iPad, your cell phone. It's it can inter, inter, link with your keyboards, and you can put all of your scripts, your things that you use. Like if you send links out, Calendly links, your affiliate links, your referral codes, uh, your the uh, you know I have my hashtags that I use all the time, all my quick responses when I'm on people's you know and people's feeds. I have videos, testimonials, all of my scripts for all scenarios. It's basically my playbook for my life and my company in this app. Nice. And it has everything in there. It's like, look at it as a digital file cabinet and it's free. Okay. I have awesome. everything in there. I have a hundred link in the description. Yeah. And, and it's, it's amazing. So I use that. Um, I would cons definitely consider have some type of a CRM whether it's a project broadcast, an easy text, a uh, go high level, some type of texting and email MailChimp software, because mm -hmm. it's about high tech and high touch. And what I, I believe connecting on social media is incredibly important. 
but also taking it offline and being a human and having a connection is even more valuable because you don't own your social media channel. So if all you like, like Jake has my email address, which means we can connect offline, mm-hmm. right? Like if, if Facebook went out of business today or blocked us or got our accounts disappeared, we can still interact. But if we never get, you know, exchange contact information, we may never talk ever again, right? Yeah. So it's important to connect on social media, but it's more important to take it off and get build your own database. All the most successful, wealthiest marketers develop their own brand and they they build a, a, a list, whether it's a text list or an email list in their communication, and they take it off of social media. Yeah, nice. That's very powerful that's move. What, that's what we do. That's what we do. And how do you recommend going from social media to the offline? Like, do you have systems in place for going making that move, or do you just ask the question? Or I'm pretty direct. I just ask the question, say, <laughs> "Hey, what's the best contact info in case my account ever got shut down or yours? I'd love to, you know, create a con- you know conversation offline. You know, here's my cell phone number. Here's my email. What's the best way to like? I always offer mine first. Yeah, and say, "Hey, what's yours? You know, and 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 okay. Side note, guys." You know, don't get creepy and weird. Like if there's a female, give them your information and, but maybe ask for their email address. You know, it might be a little weird that you're asking for their phone number. Right. And in my network and my following know that I'm obviously happily married and, you know, in love with my wife and all these different things. So they know they can go look at my profile. I'm not a creeper and they know I'm an entrepreneur. And I also, one thing that I use a lot is voice message on Facebook Messenger, on mm-hmm. WhatsApp. Um, I love Voxer. It's a third-party app. It's like walkie-talkie back and forth. But on, on Instagram, you can use a voice clip, right? So I use voice clip a lot because they can. it's not the words you say in business. It's the emotion behind the words, right? Mm-hmm. So and plus they know I'm not a robot and I'm, I'm a human. Now, I may do the first message as a text, to break the ice. And then once they respond, I'll be like, Hey Jake, just want to, I figured it'd be easier if I just leave you a voice clip. Right. And now you're like, okay, this person's real. He sounds normal, normal guy, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Nice. I think that's quite powerful because it does. I think many people can, you know, misread text, sarcasm, all that kind of thing, depending on the way you're seeing it can be taken completely out of context and, you know, can end up very bad very quickly. Um, so I think voice messages have that real, you can hear you can hear the intention behind the words that are being set, said as well, I think. Absolutely. Let's touch on discipline because discipline is huge in the trading, um, but I think it's very important for anything business because as you said, being an entrepreneur, you can do what you want when you want, which is a blessing and a curse. It takes discipline to be able to do the right things at the right time consistently. What would you... What's your advice for people who need to work on discipline? Because discipline for me has been one of my cruxes in my trading for a while. You know, we have trading plans, follow the rules, but when you start, don't quite follow the rules, your discipline slips a little bit. That's when you start to lose and you're not consistent. You don't grow. So what's your best advice for discipline? So I always tell people, marry the process, divorce the result. Mm-hmm. And consistency is key to everything in business. And you're going to go through suck. Everybody starts at suck. But you have to get started to eventually not suck, right? And so discipline is incredibly important to stay the course because, like I said earlier, there's a lot of shiny objects out there, right? Like I know in trading, 
you know, if you're trading the, you know, the, the, the 30, right. And mm -hmm. uh, let's say you're trading the 30 and all of a sudden, you know, the market opens at uh, nine, nine 30 Eastern time. Right. And it starts shooting down. You watch, you're watching the candles go up and down, whatever you're doing. Okay. And I know enough to be dangerous about trading. All right. So, nice. <laughs> but all of a sudden you go and, you know, you go put in your, your, your investment, right? Like I'm going to buy or I'm going to sell whatever you're going to do. And then it starts going the other way and you start losing money. Well, then you, you know, you, you, you sell and then you go chase it. It's like now you're chasing and you, you're going to put a loss on top of a loss on top of a loss versus setting your stop losses, right? And setting where you where you want to win and what you're comfortable with taking profits, right? And if you just, that's one thing I like about Teresa, she's so narrowed in and so dialed in on the systems and she doesn't let any emotion get in the way. You, you have your set wins and you have your set losses because you're going to have losses. Yeah. It's part of it. But you got to learn how to, you know, manage your, you know, manage your disappointments, right? But also manage exactly. your wins at the same time. And and that's, you know, I I get no's, people that reject me, people that ghost me in my business, people that tell me you're crazy and, you know, all the things that happen. But truthfully, those are just signs that I'm on the right path. Yeah. I love being called crazy. Every time someone calls me crazy, I'm like, oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Because yeah, I'm on the I, right track. Yeah, it means I'm doing something right. It means I'm doing something that's so outrageous to you that it's different. And that's what I want to be doing yeah. all the time. Um, I heard yeah. this this quote, I think it was um at a convention one time from a a, a new German guy. Um, and he was saying, in order to change change a crazy amount of lives, you have to be a little bit crazy. And I thought that hit me yeah. like a ton of bricks because I was like, I want to change a crazy amount of lives. And I am more than happy to be that little bit to a lot crazy in order to do so. Yeah, you have to, uh, you know, I saw a YouTube video a few times in my career where the they're, they're at this, this people are at this festival, right? And this, mm -hmm. this guy started dancing all weird and crazy and awkward looking. And he just got up and started dancing. And all of a sudden, the whole field of people started looking at how weird he was. And then, you know, maybe a minute or two later, one other person got up and started dancing all goofy and weird. And another minute, another person, another person. And within a period of time, the whole crowd was dancing weird and goofy. Yeah. And now they're all crazy. Right? <laughs> it's just, it is yeah. what it is. You know, crazy. I, I heard this in my career. Crazy people make crazy money. Yeah, it's true. So, I think crazy is in the eye of the beholder, right? Crazy people don't often know that they're crazy, right? <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't it, be crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. No, but, it's a real thing. Yeah. So moving on a little bit, did did you at any point have that, you know, you started off eight, 18 and you kind of progressed pretty quickly into business. Did you have that holy shit moment? Like, wow, I've, I've really hit my success. I'm really making it um, in, in business or in this business. And how did that feel? So it's interesting. Um, I haven't had the holy shit while we're made it yet because I don't feel like I've made it yet. Okay. Uh, however, I, uh, I I've had the moments of I'm you know I'm on the right. This is amazing. I'm on the right track. I, like I told my wife the other day, holy shit! I can't believe I'm starting a company in the profession <laughs> that I fell in love with 27 years ago. I'm more excited today than I was 27 years ago. Nice. That's my holy shit moment. But yeah. as far as holy shit, we made it. We're just, you know, we're just scratching the surface. So I don't feel like I've made it yet. Yeah. Okay. It's really, it's an interesting perspective to have, I think, because 
having that like, oh my God, like I'm falling in, I'm creating a business that I'm falling in love with. That's kind of, I had that earlier this year where, um, you know, when you're starting out with entrepreneurship, you kind of have a side gig and you're trying to do your business on the side. And then I got to a point where I kind of was doing my things for free because that's what I love to do. And I wanted to, you know, you have to do the work to, to get started. And then I had an opportunity to come up where I could get paid for doing what I love doing. And I had this moment of like, I might not be a millionaire right now, but I'm now getting paid to do all the things I was happily doing for free. And that is incredible. Uh, it just kind of hit me like this ton of bricks. Like, yes, I'm not a millionaire, but now I get paid to do what I was doing anyway. And I love doing it. And that was this passion moment that you, you kind of talk about. I'm now getting paid to do the thing that I'm passionate about. And it was a real big kind of eye opener. And it brought a lot of gratitude to me. And I talk a lot about gratitude because I believe really finding gratitude day and night can change your life. And this was a moment that I kind of go back to and I'm like, wait a minute, what, what am I? Whatever happens in life right now, what am I complaining about? I get paid to do what I love to do. What more could you want, you know? Yeah, no, it's fun, man. Yeah, it's the whole thing when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, right? And, uh, you know, we've said that and it feels good. And a lot of people need to feel it, man. It's just like life is short. It's like, stop, you know, worry, you know, stop being afraid. Stop worrying about what other people think. Stop being, caring about what other people think. It's like you've never seen the biggest players in the world get in, get into the, you know, the, the record books by staying on the bench. Yeah. You have to right? jump in. You have yeah. to get, you have to get in the game someday. Like I have a lady that works with me and, you know, she's older, uh, but she's got a young spirit and we've pushed her, you know, she's asked, she's, you know, and a lot of times people ask so many questions. That's like their, their, their trigger or their feel, or what's the word I'm looking for. It's their way of not doing the work until they get all their questions answered. And you're always going to have questions. Mm -hmm. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. You just have to get in and slop things up till you figure it out. Right. Like yeah. starting our company. It's not like we, we think it's going to be almost perfect when we start, but when we start, there's going to be things that we don't know that are going to happen. And then we're going to have to pivot along the way, but every business and every situation and every relationship and every circumstance that you're in in life, there's you're always pivoting every single day. Think about it. You're at a red light. You could go left and make a shortcut or you could go wait at the red light. That's a pivot, mm -hmm. right? You could turn in here at the next light, turn in that same, same, you know, uh, parking lot. It's a pivot. It's every choice. Every decision is a, is a pivot in your life. And it's going to constantly bring you somewhere else that you never thought you'd be. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, I used to be really bad with that um, perfectionism paralysis. I used to have like, I you know, I I wrote this book, this emotional trading journal, um, and at the very start of it, I was like, this has got to be perfect. And it was. It would have taken years for it to come out. And then you know, I came across this concept of messy action, and it's just do and learn kind of on the way. And things like this, you know, I've done more in the messy action phase of my life than 10 years of perfectionism paralysis because nothing ever came out, you know, but now I'm just getting things out there. And as I'm doing it, I'm learning and I'm growing. <clears throat> I learned this great, I heard this great analogy from Fraser Brooks. I'm not sure if you know mm -hmm. him, but in the in network Fraser's marketing. Great. Yeah, he's <clears throat> taught me a lot in the network marketing space. Um, but he was saying, you know, in life, if we want to move forward from A to B, we got to move both feet forward and continue on but it's like left foot is action right foot is learning if all we do is learn we're going to just go around in circles if all we do is action without any learning we're going to go around in circles the other way you have to action learn action learn action learn and that's how you start to progress and that clicked so much that was that. kind of the the transition to my messy action kind of movement 
with my perfection this yeah, year. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, you nailed it, man. That's that's the lesson of this podcast right there is, you know, there's so many people have, what is it called? Analysis by paralysis, right? Mm-hmm. Where all they want to do is get all the knowledge, all the questions answered, all the information, and they're just going to go round and round and round and round. It's like, it's better to have ignorance on fire yeah. than knowledge on ice, right? Knowledge is great, but you have to apply knowledge. That makes it great. Yeah. And I meet a lot of people that have all the knowledge. They just haven't done anything yet. And then I meet people that just have ignorance and excitement and enthusiasm, and they'll figure it out later as they go, and they make it. Yeah, it's always nice to say it's like, I'm doing this. How? I don't know yet, but I'm doing it. (laughs) Just watch. And what's funny, I didn't mean to cut you off. What's funny, dude, is, oh, my God, is I have people all the time that use that as a crutch in their business. Like I can't do it unless I know all the answers. Like, okay, well then you're never going to do it. You might as well just, you know, get a refund because you're never going to have success. You're never going to have the answers. That's my personality. You know, that's my personality. Well, change it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like your your current circumstances? Well, that's just how it was raised. How, How many times have you heard this? Well, that's just how I was raised. Okay. Well, you know, my mentor said your brain's like a keyboard and there's a reason there's a delete button. We got to delete the shit that doesn't belong in your brain so we can reprogram you with the right content. Yeah. I mean, if it's that's how I was raised, then you're going to die like your parents. If, if you don't want anything different than what your parents have, then you can stick to the same course. But if you want anything even slightly different, it doesn't matter how you're raised. You can change it at any point. I think Dr. Dota Spenza talks about this as well. You know, your personality creates your personal reality. And so if you don't like the personal reality that you're living in, Change your personality. Do something different. Shift yeah. your identity. It can be done at any moment, you know? It's That's huge. the key. Powerful, man. <clears throat> right. I've got, I've got some quick fire questions. I know we've been on here for a while. Um, and you're a very busy man, so I'm very grateful. But I've got some quick fire questions here that I'm going to flick your way um, just for more short answers. And then I've got kind of like a final two questions that I hit everyone with before we wrap things up here. All right. So first, what was the hardest thing for you to overcome in business? The mental game. Mental game? Is me that against me? Yeah. Is that believing in yourself that you actually can do it? Is that that the mental game you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. The mental game, whether I was good enough. Yeah. It's a, I, think it's a, I think that's a strong struggle for many people in all aspects. Do, am I really capable yeah. of doing that? I say this to people if you don't believe that you're capable of doing what's that saying? If you truly believe you can or you truly believe you can't, you are correct. So if you do not believe that you can do this, either change or that opinion and belief about yourself or get out now, because if you don't believe it, it's going to be really hard to keep going. Um, and I think it's a struggle for a lot of people, right? Yeah. What was one thing you wish you were told or knew when you first started? Hmm. So I, I always take everybody's success or failures on my shoulders mm-hmm. and you can't save everybody. You can only save the ones that want to be saved. Yeah, that's the one thing I'll share with you, meaning everybody that joins your business is not going to get to the highest rank, your diamond level, the grand poobah level. But unfortunately, you got to work with the ones with the runners, right? Walk with the walkers, crawl with crawlers. Mm -hmm. You not every crawler wants to be a runner. Not every runner wants to be a crawler. And so you can only go as far, take people as far as they want to go with you. And if they win or fail, it's on them. You just open the door for them to walk through. It's up to them if they're going to have success. Yeah, like the pathway they have to decide to walk it like that. 
Okay, what is one message or lesson you wish you could implant in those just starting out? Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the enjoy the suck. Enjoy the journey. Don't mm -hmm. compare your chapter one to someone's chapter twenty. And nice. everybody, you don't know everybody's past. Like even for example, you know, I've had twenty seven years experience. So if I join a company today, I might come out of the gates faster than somebody that's never had experience. And they're going to get comparitis where they're going to compare their success to mine. You can't because you don't know my backstory. Mm -hmm. So don't get comparitis. Just run your race and enjoy the ride because it's a fun one. Comparison, the thief of joy. Fall in love with the process, as you said earlier. That's good. <clears throat> right. So we had kind of had a bit of a time frame of your, I, one of my questions here is can we get a time frame of your growth, but you kind of ran us through that with nine different kind of phases to get to where you are and launching into your next next business and we'll get to that just after these next couple of questions but what is one of the biggest life lessons like life lessons that you've learned from business oh man a lot of them actually um so here's what i'll tell you and i i, I may not say it exactly right but i'll say it the way it comes off from my heart is that if it's not going to affect you five years from now, don't spend five seconds on it. Okay. In every bet. Like if it's not going to be a big issue in your life five years from now, don't make it a big, big issue today. Is that like kind of, it goes back to don't, sweat, don't sweat the small stuff. Everything's yeah. small stuff, right? Don't make, don't make an ant hole into a molehole, right? It's just relax. Right. And in, in business, and in personal life, like you can't control the, your business relationships and you can't control relationships in your personal life. If somebody doesn't want to have a relationship with you in your personal life, you can't control it. Just move on. Mm -hmm. Same thing in business. Just move on. Life is short. Remember, you're in control of the dash in the middle and you got to be happy here. You can't please everybody and be happy at the same time. You have to be happy with you and, and accept who you are because, again, you're with yourself 24 7 365 yeah it's it's so so funny you say that i've got a perfect example of this um i'm just writing a new ebook that is coming out i don't know sometime next week and i was just doing the cover for it this week in passing and i brought my wife in to be like oh what do you think about these things and i realized i had like 10 different covers up and i was flicking through them and i think they had like a different colored word and me and my wife were discussing it for a bit and then we both looked at each other and just started laughing we're like who gives a shit about the color? Like, yeah, okay, put some effort into it. But we've just spent 15 minutes deciding whether this color should be white or yellow. Like, who cares? Just pick one and move on. And it was exactly this thing. We just, you know, it's taken time to get to this point. But I love that we had that relationship. We looked at each other. We both just realized how stupid it was the amount of time we were spending on just the, the most minuscule thing. And I think people do yeah. get caught up in the tiny details, which are going to make zero to none effect later well here's what's interesting i'll point some out to your you're making a point and because we my business partner for uh weeks have been trying to come up with a name to the business mm -hmm. and i I, didn't, I don't care about our business name and i have colors i like but there are psychological meanings yeah. around different colors and things like that so but at the end of the day if you look at apple or samsung mm -hmm. coca-cola pepsi Microsoft, IBM, like all these companies, what what do the names matter? Like really, like are you doing business with Apple because it's an Apple, or are you doing it because of the the meaning behind it, the product, the service, the technology, right? Mm 
Yeah. It's like the name, the name is not as important as people think. Like I was in a company, the name, I hated the name, hated the name, but I was the number one producer in the company. Mm -hmm. Hated the name. People are like, I hate the name. I'm like, I know, but they cash my checks. It's okay. (laughs) I think that's the the other thing. If it gets to a huge aspect, people like the name, it could be as wild as it is. It just like, oh, this, this name is growing and people learn to love that name just because you hate it or, you know it's just the name as you said and it's all about the, the growth and and i think apple's a perfect example yeah. because you know apple wasn't just like apple ipods apple was a lifestyle and people fell in love with that and they they you know they pivoted all along their way they started off i think computers and then ipods and then you know all the stuff that they do yeah. now it's just that pivot and yeah. the brand who cares if apple orange who gives a shit, shit about the name right exactly yeah nobody cares yeah um so Okay, I'll go with this one first. Once, I'm assuming once you get to a certain dollar amount, you realize that financial freedom is kind of like there and you don't have to worry. Um, have you reached that? So you did say you haven't reached that holy shit moment of where, while we're there, but maybe you've reached that financial freedom moment. And my question is, where does your mind head after that? And I think we've touched on this a little bit, but I'll let you respond. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a financial number, which is like a goal in my life that I want, that I will hit by the time I turn 50, which is, mm-hmm. you know, five years from now. Right. And, but ultimately I don't focus on that number. Yeah. I know if I build my company to a certain number, which means I'm helping a bunch of people hit their numbers, I'm automatically going to hit my financial number. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's not like everybody used to think that, Oh, DJ is money motivated. It's like, no, he's actually not. He's freedom motivated. He's a result uh, orientated. He's goal motivated. Like he likes challenges. And when, if I made a hundred million dollars, you know what? I would still work as hard as I did before my first million dollars. Because it's not the money. It's nice. that love of the game. It's the, it's the, it's the kill, love, the kill of the deal. It's the action. It's the, it's the hustle. It's the grind. You know, when you stop growing, you die. It's that whole, like, I, like people are like, when we retire, I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever retire Yeah, I because the then, my brain, then my brain goes to mush, right? I see like to me that when you retire, that's like the next floor of before, you know, heaven or death or whatever, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. I'll always keep my mind fresh. I'll always do business deals. I'll always be doing something. Now I may not do a Zoom every week. I may not show up every day, but I'm still going to be building my companies and my businesses and doing what I'm doing because you know you can't forget where you came from you got to go to the top of the mountain go look at the view enjoy the moment and then go tell people how great the view is and get as many people up there as you possibly can yeah that's amazing I think it was Zig Ziglar who says you can have anything you want in your life if you just help enough other people get what they want and anyone who's listening to this podcast I would re-listen to that last five minutes because I think the attitude that you had or just shared with us just then is the entire reason that you've got the success that you've got to be able to say that I would go work just as hard at a hundred million dollars as I would at $1 million because of the hustle, because of the grind, because of the love of the game that you've got. That is why you get to the point of where you get to. And if you don't have that passion, I mean, I could hear it in your voice. If you don't have that passion and that desire, find it because finding that passion and desire is what's going to get you to that top tier level, to get you to that financial freedom state, to get you to the dreams and goals and aspirations that you've got deep down inside that you may think aren't reachable yet. But if you find the passion, find something you love doing, then you're going to make it to as far as you possibly can. That's a great way to um, yeah, kind of wrap these, wrap, wrap, wrap this up a little bit, but before we completely finish up, 
Um, I, I love what you're saying before about the three companies uh, that have made it products, um, travel, and what was the other one I wrote it down here and services kind of thing and services. leaving a, yeah. yeah, leaving a legacy company. Um, your company is in the travel, correct? Um, and so that's kind of in that realm of legacy company. Funnily enough, my goal for trading is to find capital to then start a business that's aimed at disrupting the residential um, industry. I mean, ever since ever, we've had houses and a place to live. And so I feel like if I can build a business that lives outlives me um, to disrupt that in an environmentally friendly way, uh, that is kind of like my real big aspiration. And that's kind of like legacy company in my terms. But let's talk about your legacy company, if you're willing to share a little bit, bit about it, the new one that's coming up. And if you've got any bits that you can share or releases, have you found a name yet? So we have come up with a name. Um, it's actually being rolled out tomorrow. So nobody okay. even knows until uh, tomorrow, right. right? Like free beer, free beer tomorrow, right? <laughs> uh, but seriously, <laughs> but on a serious note, like we're rolling it out to the entire field tomorrow. Um, and uh, yeah, so we do have a name and it is in the travel technology space. Our number one goal is to help, you know, there, um, I did a, a reel the other day about this. It's the benefit of the benefit. And I wanna, I'll end, I'll kind of end with this. So most people in sales, they try to sell you the facts, the ingredients of why something works, right? You gotta try mm -hmm. this pill because it has triphalhabarabinate and dye this and all these different things in it. Malakut, molecule, you know, all these. And they always are trying to sell the ingredients. What people need to sell is the benefit. Mm -hmm. And then the take it a step further, the benefit of the benefit. What does that mean? So let's say um, the benefit of taking a weight loss pill or a supplement or a weight loss drink is to lose weight. The benefit is to lose weight. So you, uh, you know, so you feel good about yourself, but or so you can fit in that swimsuit, right? For ladies, it's like to fit in that swimsuit and look all pretty, right? Yep. But the benefit, so that's the benefit of taking, losing weight, but the benefit of the benefit is showing your ex how great you look, right? <laughs> yeah. Think about that for a minute, right? So like in travel, the benefit of what I sell is the fact that you can travel for wholesale versus retail, where we give you access to unpublished rates that the public doesn't get access to. So the benefit is you get to save money. But the benefit of that benefit is you go get to create memories with the people that you care about the most. You get to go to Disney with your kids and see their smile that you'll remember till the day that you die. Mm -hmm. That's the benefit of the benefit. Does that make sense? Yeah. And down. when you can start learning how to sell the benefit of the benefit, it's over. I mean, that's you will be a whole nother, you'll be at a whole nother level of business when you can figure out in your profession, whatever it is that you sell, right? Mm -hmm. Like the fact, like I could tell you, and I don't, I'm not a professional trader. I don't trade much, but the benefit of trading would be the fact that you can make money and you know, from home to eventually not have to have a job. Like that's a skill set that you can take with you. That's the benefit, right? Yep. But the benefit of that benefit is the fact that you can become a mobilepreneur and travel the world and make money a couple hours a day and then go enjoy the rest of your day and not have to babysit other people. You're responsible for your income. That's the benefit of the benefit. Yeah. 
Super powerful. Right. I take, I take this product of my, I don't sell it. So it's not a plug, but I take this, these two products a buddy of mine sells. Uh, one is for at night. So you get in like your deep realm sleep. I love it. And the benefit of that is to get a great night's sleep. Right. But mm-hmm. the benefit of the benefit of the great night's sleep is so that way I can outwork my competition the next day. Cause I have so much energy. That's the benefit of the benefit. Yeah. Nice. And that's, that's powerful. I think sleep is super important. So having that, and it's important because of the benefit of being able to have the energy wake up and be able to just charge past everyone and have endless amounts of energy and people going, how do you do this? Well, good night's sleep yeah. because of X product. So whenever you're in business, like, and yeah, obviously I did a plug on my travel deal. Right. But the, it's just in whatever you're promoting, don't sell the, like I have people that sell CBD and they're like, Oh my God, you got to try my CBD because it has this, 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 that, and the other in it. And I'm like, I don't even know how to spell this, that, and the other, because <laughs> it's a 16 syllable word. Yeah. All I know is what does it do when I put a couple drops under my tongue? What is it going to do for me? And then what is the benefit of the outcome of that? But so many people in sales, like I had a guy send me his whole brochure and flyer of all of the ingredients. I'm like, I don't even, when's the last time you went to a restaurant and asked the ingredients of the sauces? <laughs> never. You never do. No. You just like the taste of it and how it makes you feel. Yeah. The benefit exactly. of the benefit. So that's the lesson I'll leave you with today. That's very powerful sales technique. Now on a selfish note here, does is your sales if you can talk about this is your is your holiday travel company in flights and accommodation just flights just accommodation packages because i actually booked my flights two days ago back to australia via uh bangkok phuket and i'm still going to continue to book via um back back home via indonesia bangkok um, bangkok and i realized after i booked them i was like Maybe I should have waited until your company launched. <laughs> so now I'm just asking, yeah. does it do flights as well? Or is it just a combination? So anything that you can book online, you'll be booking through us, but at a fraction of the price. I should have waited. I should have waited a week. <laughs> oh, well, maybe I can book my accommodation <laughs> and stuff through. <laughs> That's right. All right, I, You're going to travel more. You're going to travel more. So Oh, I love traveling. I'm, I'm never going to stop traveling. It's just, I'll, I'll die traveling probably. I've got my, my final two questions. These can be very quick. One, what would be the one thing you'd go back and tell your 17-year-old self? Mm. So what would I tell my younger self? It, well, I mean, I've, I've said so many different ways. Almost, I always talk to my old self, but I would, I would just say, you know, don't give up on your dreams because God wouldn't put them in your mind if he didn't know you could achieve them. Wow, that's really powerful, actually. Those thoughts come in because you need, yeah, okay. I'm going to have to digest that one myself. And the very last question, this is intended to try and stump a few people. If you could have the answer to any question in the world, the whole complete truth about any question, what would it be? Mm, in this day and age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's a world that, like, you know, I'm in America. I know you're overseas right now. But, and I don't know how everything is run overseas, but, you know, let's just say the world people, not the American people, but the world people is, doesn't know the truth about the entire world. Like, like, for example, the American people don't know the truth about America because there's this 
you know, government at the top, right? Yeah. So truthfully, there's a, we all live in a facade. Yeah. And, and I tell people this all the time and my wife gets irritated with me <laughs> because I, I'm not very political. Um, I don't care what side you're on, Neither but to me, like I have my own beliefs. I have my own, you know, you know, I am on a side, but I'm, mm-hmm. it's, I, I see both. All right. But I always tell people, listen, quit worrying about the White House and take care of your house. I like that. That's all you that's can do. One. Yeah. That's all you can do. That, and that's where, where I live. Right. So in your country or where you live or whatever, same kind of scenario. It's like, yeah, I'd like to know why the whole world is being lied to from a small percentage of the population, because there's a perception and then there's a reality. And we all know that, but most people don't know what the reality is. They've been sold a perception. Yeah. I think very few people know the actual reality. And so that would be a good truth to know. <laughs> That's great. You're great. Right. Yeah, that's been absolutely amazing what we've been here for just over an hour and a half, I believe. Um, I've learned so many lessons. I've got about four pages of notes here. And I'm sure when I go and edit this and read over it and listen <laughs> again, I'm going to get another four or five pages of notes. Your mind is incredible. And you've shared so many nuggets with us um, from your experience in business and in entrepreneurship. Did you have anything you wanted to plug? Um, now's your time to share whatever you want with us i know you've got this company launching i don't know if you want to put that in here or if you've got your whole launch going so we do have our launch going i just actually just want to thank you i want to thank you for uh trusting in me being on your podcast sharing the vision just you know my number one thing when i come on a podcast is if i can impact one person to do something they've never done so they can go where they've never been that was a success so i appreciate you giving me the opportunity to hopefully do that for somebody I love that. That was the exact reason I started this podcast. I was like, you know what? I've got no idea how I'm going to do this and I'm probably going to be useless at the start. But if I can get one person to have that mindset shift, the success shift, that mindset shift to get to the success that they want, I've done my job and I can live, I can die a happy man just knowing that one person from this podcast has had that success shift. And I'm hoping that uh, the more interviews I get like this lovely one, will get a lot more people having uh, that success shift. So with that, Thank you so much, DJ Barton. I really, really appreciate your time. And remember, everyone starts at suck and you just have to start. I think that's one thing that you can take away from this um, this podcast here. But with that, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And um, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode and all the other episodes that I have to offer. But hey, look, if you have managed to take even one thing away from this episode, then it would mean the world to me if you could like, comment, share, Give us a rating, all the above, because something that will take you only two minutes will actually do so much for me and the growth of the show so that we can impact many, many others to come. And as you know, the show is all about getting those little mindset shifts, those shifts to that next level of success. So just sharing it with one other person who you think could benefit from what you've heard today will be fantastic. Until next episode, much love and happy trading. Oh.